Microsoft has a hit, my info is unsubstantiated, and Teams, well, they're getting a new room. Happy Friday, friends. We are back doing the same thing we do every Friday, where I answer a bunch of questions from you all, and I always appreciate those. And we also talk about a lot of the topics of the week, the gaming news, the tech news, and we just wrap it all up into a nice little bundle we call a podcast. And so here we are. Uh, a couple highlights. Uh, Apple Apple has somehow hit $2 trillion valuation. Now, that is the market capitalization of all their stock pricing, um, price times outstanding shares, which is an astronomical amount of number. $2 trillion being the first company ever. I believe Apple was also the first company they one trillion uh, a couple of years ago and you know it, it's hard to argue whether or not this is true or this is way overinflated. i'll leave that up to you but i will point out that apple is on the cusp of being nailed for antitrust in multiple countries around the world um, publishers are also now demanding lower fees because the publishers found out that hey amazon is getting a lower rate a preferential treatment in the apple store and so all the publishers who aren't amazon now want that same rate because they're paying more to do the same thing amazon is so um just you know it's two trillion. That is an astronomical amount of number. I personally think it's a little overweighted, but we will see. Uh, you know, the market will will bear the fruits of whether or not that is true in time. So we'll keep that out. Uh, Oracle is also looking to make a Microsoft. Well, not really a Microsoft, but they're looking to buy TikTok as well. It seems like every large sort of tech company um, that is not, you know, Facebook, Google. Uh, or Amazon are trying to buy TikTok. We will see who ends up being the rightful owner of of, of the platform and the social media company. I there's Oracle buying it uh, makes about as much sense as Microsoft buying it. I don't really truly understand why either of these companies want to you know get tossed into the middle of a censorship uh, debate and everything else that goes on with social media companies. But here we are. Both of them are interested, along with other companies. There's apparently private investors who are looking to buy it as well. We will find out. We will find out. Teams, Microsoft Teams, a popular platform communication and collaboration in the Microsoft 365 suite, is getting new breakout rooms eventually. Uh, Jeff Teeper, the corporate vice president who oversees engineering on Teams, uh, tweeted out a picture showing off breakout rooms, which are going to be extremely helpful for interview processing, running conferences, and doing other sort of things uh, inside of Teams. Right now, you have to use channels. And quite candidly, that process doesn't really work all that well. And so breakout rooms will be a nice addition. Unfortunately, we don't know when that is coming. So uh, sometime between now and when it arrives. Uh, other things that are happening, uh, Microsoft Teams will also be ending support for IE11. If you're using IE11 to run the web version of Teams and all that stuff, actually a lot of Microsoft 365 stuff, um, you need to get off IE11, which sounds like, okay, that's easy. Just go, go use the new edge. Well, for a lot of enterprise companies, that could actually be a pretty significant challenge depending on how their operations function. But there are a lot of workarounds, including just using the desktop application should make it uh, your life just a little bit easier. So if you're running Teams, teams and you're using IE 11, just be aware that some things are going to be ending here, at least official support in November. Uh, also on iOS, there's now 3x3 grid support for those users on the mobile devices. Uh, Windows 10, 1903, and 1909 are also getting the Windows subsystem for Linux 2. That was previously a 2004 exclusive feature, and Microsoft is now expanding that to those older iterations, which makes sense. I think a lot of that might have to do with their larger customers who aren't going to be updating, updating the 2004 and are kind of in a holding pattern, mostly because they're all working remotely. 
um, are gonna now have access to that functionality, which is a good thing. And a scoop that I got from last weekend was that Panos Panay is gonna be joining the board of Sonos, and on Monday, Microsoft officially confirmed, or Microsoft, I should say, Panay and Sonos officially confirmed that this will be happening. Now, a lot of people interpreted this to mean that Panay was leaving Microsoft. That is absolutely not true. Uh, once you get to a certain elevated status in life, you just start kind of joining company boards. That's the new, I shouldn't even say the new, that's the next country club, right? Uh, that's what wealthy people do. Pa uh, Panos is on the board of Sonos. Uh, Satya Nadella is on the board of Starbucks. And I'm sure there's some other inside of the Microsoft org that I am missing. Um, but yeah, so that's a quick highlight recap of sort of the Microsoft news and some of the Apple and other stuff happening this week. On to the gaming news. On to it. On to it. I said that a couple times, but here we are. Uh, Flight Sim is out. Flight Sim 2020. This is a blockbuster hit for Microsoft. It is, uh, I believe, potentially one of their highest rated games ever. It has been very, very, very well received across the board. And it is going to be a, a long-term win for Microsoft and effectively, or I should say eventually, Xbox as well. Um, it is part of Game Pass and all that good stuff. But if you are a Flight Sim fan, this is definitely a must-buy. And there's already peripheral companies working on new joysticks and everything else that are going to be available. Actually, I think some of them are available. I just think they're all sold out or backordered at this point um, to make that experience a little bit better. I'm still waiting for like really proper VR headset support. I think that is the missing component, but that is a super cool game that Microsoft has put together. And it's really well done. Now, it's not perfect, but it's sort of hilariously imperfect. So there is a, a tower in Melbourne, Australia, if you fly around, that is really tall. And it was there because of a coding, not even a coding bug, pretty much a text entry bug. Uh, it was supposed to be two stories tall. And the person, I believe Microsoft was using some open street map data, entered it in as 212 stories tall. And so when you fly over there, you see this massive tower. Microsoft will have to do some little fixes and, and updates. It's it's kind of funny like how a game this popular or, or well-received, like these are becoming memes effectively, people flying around looking for that stuff. Uh, but it's not people are comparing it to Apple Maps. Now the difference is Apple Maps was designed to be used with navigation and everything else like in the real world. This is a video game. And so the little hiccups in the data uh, are you know, misrouting people or making it impossible to use. They're just nice little Easter eggs to fly around and find. I highly recommend the game. Just keep in mind that it is a flight sim. It is not It is not a battle royale flight game, which although I think would be awesome if they added that sort of mode, like you can get an A380 and start trying to fly into each other. It would be a lot of fun. Um, but it is a flight sim game. It's complex. It's sort of tinkering. It's it's flight sim. So just keep that in mind uh, when you when you do that. Uh, Microsoft also unveiled the updated Xbox dashboard, which I did on a video earlier this week. You can find that on the channel. The biggest difference is rounded corners. Microsoft is moving to a slightly more, I don't want to say softer design, but it's, it's removing some of the hard edges. They're cleaning up the UI. It's also supposed to be significantly faster, I believe up to 50%, using 40% less RAM or memory, I should say. And so again, Microsoft is trying to make things faster. And with the faster console, it should be, uh, should be better. Speaking of the faster console, Phil Spencer did an interview, which we'll talk about here a little bit more this week. Um, he said one of their priorities was to keep the noise level the same. And that's, that's why the device is so large and boxy is that they wanted a larger fan in there that spun at a slower speed. Anybody who uses a PlayStation knows that sometimes that thing winds up really, really loud. Now, Xbox Series X can do this as well. I've heard mine, but it's definitely more prominent on the PlayStation design. Um, and so Phil Spencer wanted to avoid that. His, not verbatim, but pretty much says, I want people to be able to take the Xbox One X out, put in a Series X, and there'll be no noise differences between the consoles. And so, uh, despite the fact that you get significantly more power and updated features, and so just kind of be on the lookout for your, the noise profile of the Series X should be, should be quite a bit better. So, 
Let's see here. Uh, next up is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is set to be unveiled on August 26th. This was one that's hit kind of close to home because I play a lot of Warzone. I play a lot of it. And so I'll be curious to see what's going to happen to Warzone with all of this. There's some stuff going on in the current map uh, where they have missiles unveiled in the bunkers, but we don't quite know how that's going to tie in. The one thing I will point out is that the Cold War was known for missile standoffs, and maybe this is somehow related to the Cold War announcement and it's going to line. I don't know if we're going to get a new map or what they're going to do with with Warzone specifically and so we will see that is kind of what's catching my eye um yeah so anyways on to some things that have been happening so I think everybody knows what I talked about in July and I think we all know how 343 responded um and so I'm gonna just kind of try to end at least this portion of whatever until they come out and, and gaslight me again um 343 response to my long write-up uh, about a lot of this stuff, but they they really stuck on the multiplayer thing, um, was that they said uh, Samza's unsubstantiated and quote-unquote report, as they wrote, in late July was 100% false and no such plans or discussions have ever happened. Campaign was never going to ship without multiplayer, period. So that is, quote, verbatim how it was written, the response. Now, I have a, the problem with this is that Phil Spencer explicitly said they considered splitting up the game to ship this fall, but opted to delay everything. That Phil's statement from his interview at Animal Crossing goes directly against that. My report being 100% false. I I'm not going to just like trash Halo to trash Halo. I've played I think every single Halo game front to back. I want it to be a great game. I want to have a lot of fun, but to say that me reporting that the games might ship in separate components is 100% false and then Phil Spencer the head of Xbox to say that hey it was at least considered proves that it's not 100% false it's not unsubstantiated there was actual fact to back this up and a lot of what I've wrote up by the way is you can go go look at go look at some of the, the public write-ups about some of the things that have been happening inside of the development team um, there has been turmoil there's been turnover and it's just it's frustrating that they are continuing to just say that my report is 100 percent false uh, despite the fact that there's evidence out there that suggests that it is accurate so that is whatever just keep in mind that pr and marketing their entire job is to take any bad information and, and make it look good right the narrative of building a game we know that building games is tough especially like quad a triple a whatever you want to call them titles is a lot of work there's always we've we've heard time and time again about the, the crunch at the end that happens where people are working 70 80 hours a week and never never going home and all that good stuff and we know it's tough and and i'm not trying to say that this isn't tough and, and that this is going to be a bad game. I'm just trying to point out the fact that there have been challenges and those challenges have started to manifest in delays in the titles that have been in, in development for a while. And you can't deny the fact that the game is delayed and if wouldn't it be delayed if things were going swimmingly. So... I, they, I can, there's like really two dichotomies of audiences. One of them like, yeah, I mean, like that's reasonable. And the others are just, you know, three, four, three stouch defenders and saying that I am out here trying to trash Halo um, when that is completely unsubstantiated. Um, so just whatever. Here we are. Uh, me on the, the beating end of a stick for, for no particular reason that I don't think is accurate. I, I stand by what I had, had said, and I believe that it is not 100% false. So uh, we'll move on to the comments 
and here we go. So, uh, I, I'm so terrible with these names, uh, but it, you know, it's kind of the best part of the week that me just stumbling and bumbling through this stuff. So, oh, <laughs> he says, my name is Joe right in there. He says, I love the Sam's report. Thanks for tuning in, Joe. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Which console marketing campaign do you feel is generating more energy and excitement, Sony or Microsoft? So it's going to be dependent on how you define that because there's a lot more people in the Sony camp. So from an amplification perspective, Sony's stuff is getting more noise, if you will, just because um, there's more fans and there's more people who love that console than, say, the Xbox. I, I don't think either company is really doing anything particularly wrong. I mean, Microsoft has certainly had their missteps. Sony is kind of just, you know, taking a very methodical and slow approach. The one the one thing that I think is losing on all this is effectively the consumer because we're sitting here, everybody knowing that these consoles are going to launch eight, 10 weeks, something like that, somewhere around there, you know, ballparking situations here, maybe 12 weeks, something like that, whatever. We don't know the price of them yet. So um, we don't know PS5, we don't know Anaconda, we don't know what, what's going on with Lockhart, and so we don't there. Uh, and he says, beyond the price, as we get closer to launches, do you anticipate either has anything up their sleeve that will make one leap further ahead in terms of excitement, uh, or do you think it might be mostly about price at this point? So it's a good question, because if you, I think it was the 360, there was some like rumor about a hidden GPU, uh, and that like Microsoft was going to unlock that at some point, or was that, I don't think that was the Xbox one, I think it was the 360. I can't even remember at this point. I think pretty much both have played their cards, at least from a hardware perspective at this point. Um, I'm not a I'm not personally expecting anything sort of crazy. I don't know what else Microsoft could toss in there. Maybe some VR support, but I, I, I'm not expecting that. Um, I think at this point, mostly we know the boxes. We, we just need to wait and see the pricing and availability and their actual launch strategy, bundles, controllers, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think both companies candidly are doing fine. Um, Sony's going to sell a lot of consoles. I think Microsoft is going to sell a lot of consoles, and I think it's going to be a great generation for gamers, and I just kind of think that's how it's going to be. Um, hi Brad. Uh, when will movies and TV movies and TV die? Surely the last nail in the coffin coffin was the duo not having support for the platform. Uh, while I'm sure apps were under development a few years back, it's just a corpse right now. And Microsoft should be announcing a way to migrate your purchases off the platform. I get that movies anywhere is an option, but that doesn't exist outside North America. So that's a good question. Microsoft has this movies and TVs uh, sort of bundle. My my gut says that we pro there's probably some sort of contractual thing with these movie studios about supporting and having a store and having the availability. That is the only reason I can think of why this still exists. I personally would not ever recommend buying anything through the movie and TV's app um, and try to get your content out of there using TV and, or uh, uh, movies anywhere. What is it? Yeah, movies anywhere. If you are in the North America, if you're outside the North America, I'm not, I, I don't have great advice because I don't live there and I don't know what your options are, but it doesn't sound um, like you have too many good ones. Uh, second random one. Uh, what is the music app on the Duo? I assume they don't make a groove uh, like player, which is the Windows UWP app. That is a good question about how you play music. Um, I don't have one here. So I can't quite tell you yet, but I suspect that it's going to be whatever Google default is. Because again, at the end of the day, it is running Android. Uh, Gotham says, hey Brad, if Windows 10X fails like other temps, do you see yourself shifting to Mac on Apple Silicon since you already use an iPhone, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and Apple Pay? No. Um, no, um, I I will I like Windows quite a bit. Um, Apple, I think, has a much better mobile ecosystem, um, but I'm not... I, the, I like the workflow that I have set up. I like the, the... Not infinite, but significantly better flexibility you get with Windows. Uh, 
I don't see myself flipping over to a Mac for my primary stuff. There's no way um, that I could record this podcast and do everything that I do for a living um, using a Mac. I, mean, I shouldn't say there's no way, but there's there's better workflows in the Windows world for this type of stuff than I currently could experience on Mac OS. And not to mention, I'd have to buy so many different computers and I need the high-end raw horsepower that at least Intel as of right now offers with their video editing. I, I could potentially switch to AMD and get better performance, but I'm not really in the wanting to you know spend a couple thousand dollars to save a uh, few minutes maybe on video rendering. So um, yeah, so I don't see no, I don't I have no plans to. Uh, Sydney 2K says, I watched your video about the issues at 343 Industries and delay of Halo Infinite. Very interesting. This week, we also saw the launch of Microsoft Flight Simulator to huge critical praise. I think it should be fine now to discuss. How was your time during the alpha phase of Microsoft Flight Simulator? And how did you feel the developers and alpha testers interacted with each other? Also, is there... So building on that, uh, the I've been it was in the alpha since whenever the alpha came out. It's been a while, and I quite enjoyed it. Now it was much more limited in, in scope initially versus what the full game experience is. Like I think initially there was only two planes that you could fly around, and, and things slowly got added. But I I enjoyed it. Like it, it's just to me, it's a casual game. I didn't go in there and figure out how to launch an A380 from scratch off the ground. You can go into certain scenarios like how to land a plane, just flying around, just instantly cruising and that's what i enjoy just you know just nice little react re- reacting relaxing experiences uh of flying around the globe looking at the visual fidelity which microsoft did a great job uh, i think you know all things considered microsoft deserves some significant praise for how well flight sim is put together and so i think they did a good job now, also, is there anything 343 Industries could learn in implementing going forward with Halo Infinite from the experiences of uh, a couple different titles and Flight Simulator? There, This is a Microsoft challenge, and you can't go implement change like at a, a gaming studio like 343 and just replicate what Flight Sim did. Maybe some of their processes and practices, sure, but it's too late, way too late in that development cycle to say, hey, guys, just do what Flight Sim did, and, and your game will be great. Like it's th- That works for starting up a new game and a new title, but I don't think that works for a game that is or was expected to ship in about two months or something like that, um, two, three months, something like that. So I don't think that would have worked or will work, I should say. Uh, geez. Desimolve says, Brad, do you think XCUG may be possible as a PWA on iOS? This is a good question. If Apple does not change its position of not allowing game streaming, I'm not sure there's a streaming solution that P... I'm not sure if there's a streaming solutions that PWA are in the market today. So interesting idea. This type of solution could work if a number of different devices in the long run. So here's the idea. Right now, you can't use xCloud or Project X Cloud Gaming, whatever Microsoft is calling it, uh, on iOS because it has to go through the App Store and Apple doesn't like that. So his idea is could they do it as a PWA where it's just a website and then you download that, you know, download that app onto your iOS device and then use it that way. Potentially, I, I don't quite know the full, if PWAs have that first class experience like they do on Windows. And so I don't, there might be some additional performance like specifically can PWAs on iOS interact with Bluetooth? I don't, I don't know if that fidelity or potential or, or interactions are capable off the top of my head, but that's one of the challenges is if you can't use a controller, even though I highly recommend the Razer Kishi uh, might 
might interact, but I think a lot of people would have Bluetooth devices. If that doesn't work, then it's not a great experience. And Microsoft's not going to want to promote that because that's just going to harm the platform. People try to use it and say, oh, this just isn't great. It's so laggy. And then it, it just, you know, reflects negatively on xCloud, which is in fact a great solution for that stuff. One of the things I really want to try, and I haven't tried it yet because I don't know if it's possible yet. I, I, I got to look into this. Flight Sim? On xCloud could be like really cool on a phone. If you think about it, if you think about the Razer Kishi, mine's down below, I can't grab it right now, but just casually getting one and flying around. Now that's a lot more data maybe than xCloud was initially designed to stream just because of that real world environmental. But like to me, that would be super cool if you could just pull, pop that thing out, just go for a nice cruise because while it is data intensive, it's not necessarily, unless you're trying to like land in a real specific scenario, it's not super latency um, dependent. If you think about it from a flying perspective, just cruising around at altitude, anything like that, I think you could potentially do on xCloud and that would be super, super fun. Uh, Rob T-Boy says, a while back you talked with Paul on a pod podcast about getting Surface headphones. Did they ever come in in any thoughts? So yes, the Surface headphones too, I did order them. Uh, they came in, I used them and then like two days later, they dropped the pricing of the Sony WX3, WM3s or WX3s uh, from 350 down to 250. And I also bought those and I used them side by side. And I can tell you that the Sonys are significantly better. Now, Sony just came out with a WX4, I believe they are. It's either WM4 or WX4. I can't remember at the top of my head. It's these guys. This is the case right here for it. My headphones are actually upstairs on my, my desktop. Uh, I highly recommend if you can get a pair of the Sonys for 250 buy those instead of the Surface. One, the audio quality is just much better and the noise canceling is better, um, which my, my justification for at the time was they're $100 more. Is it really, is it $100 better? I don't know if that's the case, but the fact that they were both 250 the Sonys are the better buy than the Surface headphones too. Uh, Mr. PKI coming in says, believe it or not, I have an actual serious question this week. What is the difference between the various headsets for Xbox controllers? Some require Xbox adapters and some do not. How can this matrix of choices be easily understood? Uh, <laughs> so here's this uh, question. Uh, I don't have an Xbox controller right near me. So on the bottom of an Xbox controller, here's the old Elite. Sometimes you have you have like that, you can't see it on the video. You have the, the traditional or whatever, the Xbox port, and there's also a headphone jack. So depending on the headset that you buy, depends on what, you, what it is. So if you want to use the chat adapter, which you plug in and allows you to control volume, mute, and toggle, and all that stuff, you have to use the adapter. Now, there are other wireless headsets. I have one called the Rig 800XL that plugs a USB dongle into the Xbox console, and then you don't have to use any wire, any wired adapter or anything on here. So there are wireless and there are wired solutions. And then you can also, I believe, just take a standard 3.5 millimeter headphone jack uh, and, and use that as a, a headset as well if you want. There's the, the challenge, and I think what Mr. PKI, PKI is getting to here, is that it's complex depending on when you bought your headset because initially, initially, I believe you had to use that chat uh, adapter to use some of the older headsets. That's how they got that workaround. Now, there are some newer headsets out there, and I actually have another one from, uh, it's like the Rig 600 or something like that that only plugs into the 3.5 millimeter. So it just... In the famous worlds of Microsoft uh, licensing, it just depends on which console or which, I should say, which headset you're planning to use. There's a myriad of options, but I don't think any of them are the default yet. I'll be curious to see what Microsoft's narrative is on the next generation uh, controller and headset experience. I'm hoping that the, 
I don't like the dongle experience that I have with my rig 800 XL on the console because it, it, it works like 95% of the time, but that 5% of the time it becomes unsynced and you have to go resync it and it's a pain in the butt. So I'm hoping um, that the next generation stuff is just full wireless. I know that some of those exist today, but they've been very, very slow to come out uh, out of it. Uh, Mark says he has a couple of questions for you and if you don't mind of course I don't mind do you know why game pass version of Microsoft Flight Sim doesn't update through the store or seem to behave like a regular store game uh, partially because it is a massive title and some of that data that is used, utilized from Azure I don't think I don't quote me on this I don't think it works the way that you would expect it to through the Microsoft Store and they kind of I believe they might kind of work around some of those mechanics which is why I'm not positive on that Microsoft never gave me a true answer um, but yes there have been some notable issues that using the Game Pass version of Flight Sim doesn't work as well as say the Steam version which has just a more traditional download and like that uh, number two if you had to pick which hypothetical purchase by Microsoft would be less Oh, be less bad buying arm or buying TikToks. Um, I think, ooh, yeah, I, ooh, that's so the, initially I was going to say arm. That makes sense. Microsoft buying arm would make less sense, but then all they're going to do is make Intel and AMD angry. Um, them buying TikTok is just a really sort of a minefield. So which one do I think is less bad buying? So I think, I think buying arm would be potential. I don't know. Like, like TikTok just opens up them up to a minefield of political turmoil, and it's going to be very expensive. Uh, buying ARM is going to open up them up to partner scrutiny, and I'll burn a lot of money. I think they're both not great options, personally speaking, but I would think buying ARM would potentially be less bad because I don't think they would get regulated because they don't do very well in the ARM space. The Service Pro X is finally getting some notable features um, like eye gazing for and whatever and I think they're going to get their teams app uh, here eventually but it's pretty slow so anyways uh, thrust bucket says after things slow after things shown at hot chips regarding the series x cost relative to the cost at x launch the price leak online that many firm believe in the 599 camp for series x how likely do you think this is I think 599 is on the higher end of plausibility I don't think it's I don't think that's an outrageous price. I mean, it's a, don't get me wrong, that's a very expensive console, very expensive. Um, but from the launch strategy, I don't think that 599 is outside Microsoft's possibility. Keep in mind that a lot of marketing things are going to, they're going to inflate the pricing on what the actual end user is receiving just to help cover them legally in case there's unhidden costs like shipping and licensing or some other things. So uh, I don't, I would be very surprised if it's more than $599, but I think that is the maximum upper bound that we will see for the Series X. Um, uh, this game with this game of chicken with Sony on price is getting old and obviously holding up the Series S announcement. Make a bet on how it will play out and who will fold first. How likely is it that we see the Series S doesn't launch this year? Uh, I think, personally speaking, I think Microsoft will play their cards first. I, I'm not, this is just, you know, shooting from the hip, if you will. Uh, I think Microsoft will play their cards first just because of just how things have been playing out. Um, I do think the series, well, I, I think the Series S will launch this year, but I can't explicitly confirm or deny that that is happening. Um, me saying things that are or are not launching uh, this fall has, has caused enough headaches in my life, so I'm not going to definitively say. All I can tell you is that at one point they did expect them to launch separately, um, but plans have shifted so much from that initial information that I, I don't quite know. Um, we'll see. The thing is, is Microsoft, the Series S doesn't have to be announced, in my opinion, 
until Microsoft starts talking about pricing because that's when the Series S, I think, has its bigger impact. If they do come out and say, hey, it's $599, then they say, okay, if you don't want to spend that, we have this other console called the Series S and it's $349 or $399. And it gives you all the same HDR and, and uh, ray tracing experience, but at a slightly lower resolution. Um, I think that's a good narrative for Microsoft. But we will see. That's that's kind of why I think they might fold first is because they want to get that device announced and they want to get that pricing and those pre-orders open. So there you go, guys. It has been another interesting week in the world of Microsoft and gaming and Teams and Windows and everything else. And so we will see what brings us next week. I'm looking forward to that Call of Duty announcement to see what they talk about because I don't, I don't think they've shown off any actual footage of Cold War yet, just the title and some like teaser trailers. But we haven't actually seen any gameplay. And like I said, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with Warzone because uh, I believe it's Verdansk, you know, my pronunciations, uh, is getting, I don't want to say stale, but I, you know, I would love a map refresh. So we will see what happens next week, guys. Until then, have a good one.